My name is Emeryu. I'm committed to the University of Connecticut, and you're listening to College Hockey Talk. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I am joined by current player for the Ottawa Lady 67, who recently signed her NLI for the UConn, Emma Uryu. Uh Welcome to the podcast, Emma, and how's everything going? Uh, pretty good. How about yourself? Thanks again for having me. No problem. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much uh, for asking. Now, how's the season with Ottawa gone so far, and how would you evaluate your team's performance as of now? It's going pretty well. I'd say our performance is also going pretty well. We're doing a pretty good job of gelling as a group, too. I know a lot of us aren't from, well, we're not from the same team from Ottawa last year. We all came from different uh, teams the season before, but we're all gelling really well. And right now we're in the midst of, like, creating our team identity and, like, really forming a super inclusive and family-like culture, which is awesome to see. Yeah, that's awesome. And what contributions do you want to make to the team this year since it's your first season playing uh, with the 67s? Um, I think contributions off the ice, definitely leadership and just being able to like share my experiences. I think trying to help out some of the girls with the recruiting process since I've already been through it or like um, being super approachable for some of the questions they might have about OWHA kind of experiences. I know we have other girls on the team who are currently in university or have played university hockey or also trying to help some of the girls like prepare for university themselves. And then um, contributions on the ice, I think just my playmaking ability and being able to see the ice for sure. Yeah, definitely. And what type of leadership do you want to bring to the team? Are you more of a vocal leader or lead by example type of player? Um, I'm typically more of a lead by example type of player, but I'm also really working on trying to be more vocal just so I can motivate the girls even more. Yeah. And when are you trying to use that vocal aspect of your leadership? Is it like um, in between periods or is it before games or is it kind of just trying to be a positive voice on the bench um, when things aren't going well? Um, Mostly a positive voice on the bench, but I also um, kind of take pride in interacting with the girls one-on-one and trying to build one-on-one connections that will ultimately I feel help the girls be more comfortable and try and perform to the best of their abilities. Yeah and um, how would you evaluate your leadership so far? Do you think you're doing a good job or is there things you think you need to improve on regarding that? Um, I think I'm doing a pretty good job this year so far. I feel a lot more confident in my leadership abilities and I think it's just from the support I have from my coaches and the rest of the leadership group on my team. I think I could still improve on being more vocal and in the change room or just in front of the group in general but I know that working with people one-on-one for me helps a lot so I'm trying to do that as well. Now I want to transition a little bit and talk about your offseason. How was that for yourself and did you do anything interesting whether it's hockey related or did you do anything interesting that was not hockey related? Yeah so hockey related I've been working with NA Elite which is a group in Boston like in Mass um, for the past three or four years now I think so I was grateful for the opportunity to be able to fly down this past year with a couple of my former teammates and girls that I might be able to play again with in the future, which was pretty cool. Um, We worked um, with Seth Goodrich, who's one of the people who runs it. And um, we got to play in the Beantown Classic Tournament. I also flew down last year when the pandemic was really in its hardest and harshest form, but they really helped me throughout the recruiting process and just helped me improve a lot. So I was grateful to do that. I also, workout wise, gym wise kind of thing. I've been working out with my personal trainer for about a year and a half now, and he was super adaptable to some of the safety protocols we had to follow during COVID. So we were able to 
adapt and work out work out outside or like through zoom which i was super grateful for yeah definitely and how was boston have you ever been there before or was that your first time visiting the city um yeah so i actually have family in boston which is one of the reasons why i picked yukon because it's so close to kind of like that family kind of feeling. And then, um, so I've been to Boston. I visit every year in the summer and we just kind of came across NA Elite a couple of years ago. And once I started doing the showcases and working with those coaches, I knew I just had to keep going. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm from Boston myself. So what's the best, what's your most favorite thing to do um, when you're in the city, I guess? Um, well, we went to a Red Blocks, uh, Red Blacks game, or not a Red Blacks, Red Sox, sorry. That's the football team we have here. But we went to a Red Sox game um, last year, and that was just the atmosphere and how it was just unreal. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Fenway Park is just like one of those, it's kind of like you're walking into a museum. That's how I describe it when you like see it, just because it's such an old stadium. However, I feel like there. I, I went to another stadium in Baltimore, and it's just kind of cool to compare Fenway Park because it was built like back in the early and 1900s versus some of the newer ballparks now and just to see how things have changed it's pretty cool in my opinion so I like I haven't been to Fenway in a long time but it's just it's fun to walk around and see some of the history that's at the ballpark. Yeah I found it pretty surreal to me especially comparing the way um, some of the different sports that aren't hockey in Canada um, just the atmosphere it's a completely it's another level it's awesome. Yeah, it's probably the best atmosphere in baseball, um, just in my opinion. Maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I think it is watching other games in other cities. Yeah, for sure. Now, last year, uh, or a few years ago, obviously for many players, it was they had to face a lot of challenges preparing for their season because of gyms being closed and ice time being hard to find because of the pandemic. How did you, uh, I guess, how did you handle those challenges in that offseason? And were they similar challenges that you faced this offseason or were things a little more open? Um, things were a lot more open this past year, which was pretty nice because I was able to do things like even um, in the early part of the pandemic, we weren't even allowed to work out outside or anything like that. So I think being able to adapt or like do things like Zoom kind of helps so for training wise. Um, ice time wise, it was really hard the first year. Like I know I flew down to Boston to work with NA Elite for about a month but then I had to quarantine after this year I was grateful enough we didn't have to quarantine so I was able to do stuff when I was back at home but I think the biggest part was just the inconsistency because we were constantly going in and out of lockdowns and like the restrictions were constantly changing so we did get to play a little bit last year but it was just four on four with the, against the same team every other kind of weekend which was pretty tough but I was just grateful that we were able to get on the ice yeah definitely and how'd you like um how do you handle those like quarantines, I guess, when you coming back from Boston to Canada, being shut down for two weeks, I think, what do you do during that time period to kind of keep yourself busy, but also kind of keep yourself in shape uh, just because you don't know when hockey's going to start? Yeah, it was pretty tough at first. I know the first week I was kind of just all over the place, didn't really know what to do. I uh, took up journaling, which kind of helped me, especially gratitude journal, just so I could like come back and kind of, you know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. uh, I also... Um, I connected with my trainer so we could do some workouts on Zoom. I also uh, spent a lot of time with my family, which was nice because we don't get to spend a lot of time together during the season because my brother's so busy with his sports, as am I. And then um, I also took out like shooting pucks in the driveway and that sort of thing just so I could keep my hockey hands and that sort of stuff. That's awesome. And um, just another question about last year for training wise. Um, how did you try to make those Zoom workouts effective? Because I know training at home is a lot different than being in a gym with the trainer, like in person. How did you try to make those online workouts effective? Um, and do you, did you notice like improvement uh, doing those online workouts? 
Um, I think because of how dedicated my trainer was to making it adaptable to like the equipment that I had at my house, it was super effective. I know once we, there's always, there was a little bit of a harsh, harder transition trying to go from the home workouts to back into gym workouts, which is expected. I mean, I don't have as many weights here as I do at the gym, but he did a pretty good job. And I found it was kind of difficult at times to keep like my dog out of the basement when I was working out. But I think just having him like take the time to go on a zoom call and like try and interact and push me as best I can really help me. Yeah. I feel like there's probably worse problems than having a dog in the gym. That's just my opinion though. Yeah. The Wi-Fi was a little, the Wi-Fi, as you probably know, was a little bit of a tough kind of thing. And I think sometimes it was kind of hard just because it's in my house. It was kind of hard to get out of bed and just get mm-hmm. the workout in general. Yeah. I felt the same way uh, for school personally, just because like, I don't know about yourself, but we had all online school last year. So uh, trying to motivate yourself to get work done was a little bit more difficult than it is in person. And that's one reason why I think in-person classes are a little more beneficial. Yeah, for sure. Last year, our school schedule was every other day we would go in person and then the other days we would be at home and we had one class one week and then we would flip classes the other week. And I found it super difficult to like stay on task during those weeks, especially because of how long the classes were. And then um, towards the end, we did move back to all online because of the pandemic. And that's when it started getting warmer outside. So it was just so easy to get distracted. Oh, yeah, definitely. The one thing I do like about online classes is just the convenience of it. Like it's nice being done with school and then not having to like kind of drive back home and deal with the traffic and that stuff. So that's the one thing I did like about online learning. But I think all the other benefits of in-person learning kind of trumps um, the one benefit, I guess, from online learning, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I agree. The only benefit I found was definitely getting to sleep in or not having to wake up super Mm -hmm. early to get ready in the morning. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you on that. Now, overall, how's training going right now? And I guess what's the thing you're trying to improve on the most um, during the season right now? Yeah, so training's going pretty well right now. I'm doing stuff with and without my team. So outside of the team, I'm doing this thing called perfect skating, which is helping me with my footwork, which is one of the things I really wanted to improve on. Just being able to do things like walk the line or getting quicker. Um, with the team, we have, we've been do we do like skill sessions with the, some of the younger teams, like once a month, which is really good on top of our practices and that sort of stuff. And then we do team workouts every Wednesday with this guy named Kirk. And it's, it's a blast just being able to train with the girls. That's awesome. Is it nice kind of finally getting to train with people? I heard it's more beneficial just because you have people to motivate yourself um, when you're in the gym. Yeah, I find friendly competition definitely pushes me. Like we did um, fitness testing last week and I know planks are not my favorite thing in the world to do, but we formed kind of like a circle, a group of us, and we were all like talking and singing together and it really helped us push to the end. So we all managed to hit the mark we needed to and the whole team passed. And I think it's just because of the friendly competition and just having each other to kind of motivate off each other. Now transitioning, I want to talk about the beginning of your hockey career and work all the way up to where you are now with the 67. So uh, where are you from and um, how did you start playing hockey? What's that story? What was that story like? Yeah, so I'm from Ottawa, Ontario. Um, I just kind of grew up being in Canada. You're constantly surrounded by hockey, which is pretty cool. Um, my dad played hockey. He went to Stanson College, which is a prep school. Um he was the captain there and he also played a little bit at Queen's University which is a Canadian university up here 
Um, the story of how I got into hockey is kind of funny, actually. So I was debating between hockey and dance. Um, I was in the midst of playing fundamentals, but also having my first like dance recital and that sort of thing. And then after my first dance recital, I got off the stage and was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'd rather play hockey. So I kind of stuck to hockey after that and it pushed me to where I am now. Nice. And who was your favorite player growing up? Was it someone in the NHL or was it a female player on the national team? Yeah, my favorite player growing up was definitely Chris Neal. So my dad used to play with him in like beer league and that sort of thing. And I just really admired like his work ethic and his grit. So anytime it was my birthday, I'd be like, oh, can I get a signed stick or a signed puck or tickets to the game? I would wear the Chris Neal like jersey every single time they played. And it was just, I don't know, I was kind of a fan, I guess. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah I'm a big Bruins fan. So Chris Neal was not, uh, was a tough player to go against as a opposing fan just because we had a guy named Sean Thorne on the Bruins and he was kind of similar to Chris Neal, like kind of a fighter and kind of a gritty player. And I don't know, I think they fought one time. I don't know if my memory serving me right, but it was a really epic fight from my memory. If I, if I am correct on that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. They're both pretty tough guys. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So, and did you grow up watching the Ottawa Senators? Was that like your team growing up? I assume. Um, yeah, it was. I also kind of liked the Chicago Blackhawks because that was my dad's favorite team. And I know my brother was a huge fan of San Jose Sharks because he really liked um, Logan Couture. So whenever those teams would come in town, we would all try and go as a family. But I really liked watching the Sens just because I took pride in being like a local kind of thing. Nice. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Eric Carlson, he was a beast to watch. Um, Daniel Alfredson, he was fun to watch as well. So those are just two players that stick out to my memory. How are they um, doing now? It's they, Ottawa played the Bruins like last week, and that was the first time they played against each other in like over two years, what they were saying. Yeah, I think they're kind of in a little bit of a rebuild right now, as they would call it. They're not the strongest team, but I know that they're working really hard to get back up there. They also went through a little funny thing with COVID, so they haven't played in a while, but I think they're getting back to playing this week, which is pretty exciting. That's good. That's good. Yeah, no, I heard about how they had to cancel some games. So it just shows you how they're still, um, the pandemic still kind of, finding its way and affecting our daily lives even today yeah exactly now you started off your junior career with Nepean in the PWHL so how did you get the opportunity to go to that league and play for Nepean yeah so I've been playing for Nepean since I was in Timbits or Fundamentals so about five or six and then I switched this year um, I got the opportunity to play mostly because um, of how long I'd been playing there and just because of some of the coaches I'd have who developed me the PWHL coaches saw something in me and gave me the opportunity to play up a level. So I got to play two years of U18 or midget AA as they would call it. And during those two years specifically, I had coaches Elliot Spencer and Shannon Donnelly who really helped me improve to the best of my abilities. And I think that's what got me to be able to play at the PWHL level. And also just the PWHL coaches giving me the opportunity to like be a call up or fill in. Like I know my second year of U18 AA, I was kind of playing with two different schedules so I would do all of the U18 practices but also all of the PWHL practices in case I needed to fill in so I knew all the systems and that sort of stuff and it really helped me prepare. Yeah and um, talk about your experience with Nepean. and what was that like um, when you got the chance to play uh, for the uh, PWHL team? Yeah, it was awesome. The girls were a blast. I really, I really enjoyed it. I have some super amazing memories with Nepean and they've honestly like, I would not be where I am today if it weren't for all the help and support that I got from that organization. So I'm really grateful. Who are some of the players that you got to play with um, at Nepean that are currently playing D1 college hockey? Yeah, so um, right now, well, last season, I got to play with people like Taryn Moses, who plays for Syracuse, and I got to play with um, Hillary Sterling, who's now on SLU. 
And then when I was a call-up, I got to play with, well, Kat Stockdale goes to UConn, which is pretty sick, so I got to get called up with her. And then Charlie Kettle, who plays for UNH, and um, Sarah Thompson, who also goes to Syracuse. That's awesome. Did um, Kat Stockdale help your recruitment process with UConn at all? I'm just curious about that. Um, a little bit. I'm pretty sure she put a good word in for me, which I really appreciate. We also used to go to the same school, like go to the same high school. And um, it was really nice because I used to, I know growing up, I don't know if she remembers, but she was one of the people that I looked up to the most because we had the same like skating coach. So we would be put together for some of the group stuff and I would just watch her skate and I'd be like, that's what I want to be like one day. And now I'm going to get the opportunity to play with her, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, what's the best uh, memory you have um, with Nepean uh, from, from if we're thinking about it now? Um, there's a lot of fun memories in Nepean. There's all the winning tournaments and the first goals and that sort of thing. But what really sticks out to me is probably the bus trip that we had in my first year of U18AA. I think it sticks out to me the most because I'd never been able to do like a huge team trip like that. And also because it was really the trip where I got to get out of my comfort zone and get out of my shell. And I think I have the coaches to thank for that, along with my teammates, especially Zoe McGee, who kind of took me under her wingnet tournament and tried to help me get out of that comfort zone. Yeah, that's awesome. Any cool bus stories or was it kind of just like, just good memories all around, good vibes? <laughs> good vibes and good memories all around, but we did watch High School Musical, which I thought was pretty cool. That's awesome. Any Anyone singing along to that or not really? Oh, the whole team was definitely singing. <laughs> yeah, there's some good tunes in that, that just, it's hard not to sing along to that. So I just assumed that had to happen. Yeah, and it's kind of stuck with me. Like, I know my pregame song right now, or it's been my pregame song for like two or three years now since it's happened, is Bet On It by Troy Bolton. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah. He's a little dramatic in the movie during the, when he sings that song when he like slaps the water, but it, the song itself <laughs> is really good, in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty fun to reenact, though, when you get in it. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to junior hockey um, when you got called up with Nepean? Um, I think it was probably just the pace of the game and the speed, especially like the physicality. I think it'll be similar to trying to transition into um, junior hockey to university level. But I think that all of the call-up opportunities and the coaching that I had really helped me prepare. So I'm hoping that this year with the coaches that I have, I know they're going to develop me and help me get ready to play at the next level too. Yeah, and last season you didn't play in any games. So um, what was your mindset like during last year? And what did you do during that time period of not playing any games? Um, what would normally be your hockey season where you're kind of just doing school and trying to train as much as you can, trying to get ready for the next game whenever it came? Yeah, it would kind of had like its ups and downs, I guess, because I know my school definitely improved a lot just because I wasn't at the rink as much. But um, our schedule last year was we were only allowed like 10 people-ish on the ice. We would have to home dress. Um, so we never really got full team practices. We had to split our change rooms if we ever got to actually dress at the rink. Um, as I said before, we had to play against the same team every weekend, which it was good at first, but after you hit like week 12 or week 13, it gets kind of tiring and it's hard to mix the groups a little bit so that everyone can play against different people. But um, I kind of got into the mindset of like um, going in with an open mind or trying to go with the flow. I wasn't the most adaptable person going into the pandemic, but I think now that's one of the skills that I think I've really improved on and just being resilient and that sort of thing. Now, you made the transition to the Ottawa Lady 67s. Um, what made you want to go to that team, and what was the process like um, to go to Ottawa? Yeah, so it was a pretty it was a pretty tough decision playing for Nepean my whole life, but um, the coach, Shannon Donnelly, was my U18 AA coach my second year, and um, 
I just found like how much I benefited from that year. And if I was able to develop under her again, I would definitely take the opportunity. So once she got the job, I reached out and I was like, this is amazing. Like, would you have time to maybe set up a phone call or meet up just so I could see like, do you have a spot? Maybe just keeping an open mind. I was just open to kind of any opportunity I could take. And I just really was focused on how best I could develop. And I found that was going to be the way. Now, playing this year, what was the uh, process like for getting rid of the rust, uh, quote unquote, since you didn't have a season last year? Was it difficult or did you find that transition kind of easy for yourself? Um, I think the hardest part was probably trying to get back into game shape just because we went from playing four on four games to going into almost a full season now. It's uh, been a lot harder than I would like to admit I think but um just being able like getting into the gym as much as I could during the off season I think really helped and again going down to Boston and playing with NA Elite along with some of the extra stuff I did I think really helped me. Now what's the biggest improvement you've made to your game uh, since last year with Nepean and playing now with the 67s? Um it's kind of a weird one but I think my confidence if that makes sense I just feel a lot more confident in my um, abilities as a player and I think it comes from all the support that I'm getting from my teammates and just how um, supportive and what the coaches see in me I feel like it gives me the opportunity or it makes me feel like um, I have a lot more strength and confidence to be able to make plays or do things I wouldn't usually try and get out of my comfort zone and they're paying off so yeah, I think confidence is a huge part of the game that people, a lot of people don't consider just because it's so easy to lose confidence, but it's so hard to gain confidence. And I think when you play confident, it makes you a better player. And I don't know how to describe it, but playing myself, I feel like whenever I have more confidence, I feel like I'm making more accurate shots. I'm being a little more physical in the game, which is helping me win board battles. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think it's a huge part of the game. And that's why I think the mental side of hockey is also important to consider just as much as the physical aspect of hockey. Yeah, I'm the exact same. I know my we had a game last night and I was feeling pretty confident just because of the energy in the room and the energy all the girls had coming off of our game on Saturday. And it really helped me. I, I had a pretty solid game myself, but I feel like confidence is just so important and mental toughness as well. I know during the pandemic, it must have been really hard to stay motivated as it was for myself, just because it's just so inconsistent. You don't know when you're going to be able to play and that sort of thing. But I think that's why it's important to kind of go in with an open mind and just be grateful for everything. Yeah. And what are your goals and expectations um, as the season progresses with the 67s? What do you want to accomplish personally and team-wise? Um, personally, just improve the best I can and get ready for university. And as a team, I think just solidifying our team identity and really having that culture that's approachable, inclusive, and family-like, just so that we can draw even more amazing players to our program and just to get like a really good um, kind of name for it, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, let's talk about your commitment to UConn, since this is a college hockey podcast. I was telling you before the recording how I'm a big UConn fan. I'm excited to see you play um, in the future. You go follow the UConn Hockey Pod on Instagram. Uh, those are to all the fans that are listening. Uh, but what made you want to commit there, and what was the recruitment process like uh, to UConn? Yeah, so my recruitment process, actually, I started pretty young. I started doing like traveling everywhere for showcases and doing specific camps and that sort of thing just so I could kind of get scouted and noticed along with some of the OWHA specific things like the Ontario Summer Games or the high performance camps, which I think definitely benefited me. Um, I think I ran into Coach Casey at one of the camps I was at. I think I was in grade eight at Stanston College and I really liked the way that he was kind of trying to connect with all the players. So I took interest in that. And then the following summer, I went to one of their camps and I really, I just fell in love with the campus. So after that, I was 
just sending emails after emails about my tournament schedules or just like filling out recruitment questionnaires just trying to get noticed by them and a bunch of other schools just to keep my options open sort of thing and then I was grateful enough to get the opportunity to commit there. Yeah that's awesome and have you connect, connected with any of your future teammates with UConn and how have you been trying to got to know some of your future teammates uh, before the school year because just doing research I know Brooke Campbell from the Southwest uh, Wildcats committed to UConn and I know someone from Burlington uh, Kyla Josephic also committed to UConn. So have you gotten the chance to meet them at all? And uh, what's your relationship like with those players, if you have any? Yeah, so I think I have a couple of them on like Snapchat and Instagram, all the social media platforms. I've gotten pretty close with Brooke, which is pretty awesome because we're supposed to go in the same year. So I'm really looking forward to that. I actually ran into her last weekend. Um, she was playing for Team Ontario Red and I was playing for Team Ontario Blue. So that was pretty cool. I also played with Christina in the Ontario Summer Games. We were on the same team. Not sure if she remembers, but she's a pretty awesome player. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, and besides um, Kat Stockdale, have you gotten the chance to meet any of the players that are currently on the team now or not really? Um, not really, but I feel like once I, I'm able to visit and that sort of thing, it'll be easier. Now, for college hockey fans that have never seen you play before and for UConn hockey fans that have never seen you play before, uh, describe your game to them and what do you hope to bring to UConn um, next season? Um, I think on the ice, I'm uh, kind of a playmaker kind of thing. I think something that I could really bring to the team is just the way I see the ice and my passing and that sort of stuff. I feel like my vision is just kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say like exceptional, but I think it's pretty good and definitely my biggest strength. I'm not the best goal scorer, but I think second or third assist is probably my strong suit. Um, off the ice, I'm hoping to just bring like an uplifting spirit kind of thing and bring positive vibes to the team. Now, have you been watching any college hockey this year? And what's your thoughts on just the whole, I guess, landscape of things? Yeah, I've been trying my best to stream almost every single UConn game on College Sports Live. And whenever I'm like on the way to the rink or something and can't watch, I'm constantly refreshing my Twitter feed, just trying to get updates and that sort of stuff. But I try to, I try my best to watch as many games as I can, just because it's just such entertaining hockey to watch. And I find sometimes like college hockey and like uh, world junior hockey is a lot more entertaining than the NHL, just because they have different like passion almost for the game. Yeah, and also the game style is a little bit different just because there's no body checking in women's hockey. So I feel like that changes kind of the speed style of play. I don't know if you notice the same thing or not. Yeah, I do. I feel like because it's still pretty physical, but I feel like some of the plays they make or just the way that they skate, it's just, it's unreal. Yeah, I, that's the one I think benefit of not having body checking is I think sometimes the skill, there's different skills that can come from that that you don't see with the physical game. But personally, I think um, body checking should be allowed in women's hockey. I don't see why they don't allow it. I don't know if you agree with me or not. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I've always been curious about that because I know one of my hobbies growing up or like um, one of the sports I play outside of hockey is box lacrosse, which is the only full contact sport that we're allowed to play um, in Canada, at least. I think they might be starting tackle football for girls, but um, it's the full contact sport that we're allowed to play. And I just love, it's just, it's another level of like kind of adrenaline and like mm -hmm. that's stuff that kind of flows in your veins when you get to hit people probably sounds bad but yeah a lot of fun yeah I know what you mean have you ever had a body check in a hockey game before accidentally but was it like I don't know if you felt that adrenaline or not yeah it was a little bit it was a mix of like adrenaline and like oh I really just did that because it was yeah. like kind of an accident but kind of not um I know I tried my best not to retaliate but there was one time where I did retaliate and it's like mm -hmm. oh well yeah, you're just some of those mistakes you have to learn um, before yeah. you get to college. And then because if you make one of those little mistakes, it could really affect the team. So that's how I view it personally. 
Yeah, exactly. That's why after that, I know I had to, I had like a meeting with my coach and that sort of stuff. I was like, yeah, that's never happening again because I got a 10 minute misconduct for what I did during that 10 minute misconduct. It cost the team, I think three goals. So after that, I was like, it just puts things in perspective. Like everything you do affects the team. So it's kind of being like almost a selfish player almost if you do things like that, instead of thinking about the team. Yeah, no. And also the walk of shame heading back to the locker room after getting kicked out of the game is not fun as well. So (laughs) Now, what's your thoughts on UConn? Because they've been pretty successful lately. Um, this is they're having one of their best starts of their program history so far. Um, it's a shame that they're not ranked. I don't understand why that's not happening. Yeah, when they were, I think they were 10 and 1, and I was like, liking every single tweet or retweet I saw that was like, rank them. I was like, I don't know why they're not ranked. I don't know what's going on. I was trying to yeah. get on. I was going to DM USCHO myself and be like, why aren't they ranked? But, um, no, they've been playing amazing. It just gets me even more excited, as I'm sure it does Brooke and all those other players, because it's just, it adds another level of, like, excitement being able to go into a program that's so successful, especially with how um, good of a culture that they have and how awesome and all the players and all of them are. Yeah, definitely. Have you had been to a UConn game before, I assume? Um, like I in person. To, oh, in person, um, not on the stores campus, but I know when I was during my recruitment process, I went to a camp at Dartmouth. So I went and hit a UNH versus UConn game while I was on the way. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's cool going to some of those games. And yeah, they're building the new rink. Like, I got asked you about that. What's your thoughts on it? Have you, what's your thoughts on all that? It looks pretty nice. I think it's going to be done by the time you get there. Yeah, I'm super excited. I know I check the um, live, they have a live stream update of like the camera that shows them building. I think I check that at least once a day. I'm just yeah. so excited. To see the it's starting to come along too. They're starting to build the steel, like the foundation of the rink. It's, 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 it's going to be pretty cool once it's all complete. It, right now it's kind of like, it's hard to be excited over like rocks, but hopefully like in a few months you can start to see the finished product happening. Yeah. And even in the past two months alone, they've already made so much progress. It's really exciting to see. Oh, yeah, definitely. And just last college hockey question, but the tournament got expanded to 11 teams. Hopefully by the time you get to UConn, that will be already in place. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's awesome because it's going to give some of the some other teams the opportunity, like even UConn, who have been having such successful seasons but don't get the opportunities to get into those tournaments, it's going to give them the chance to and really prove themselves. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully, I think UConn is definitely capable of making the national tournament this season. I hope they do. Um, And hopefully they continue that success uh, when you're there and make more national tournaments. Because as a fan of the program, uh, I think they have a lot of, they're building the right culture. And it's just about time before they start winning championships in hockey's and making national tournaments. Yeah, I agree. I'm so excited. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment, where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit. So my first question is, what music do you like to listen to? Um, I think we already kind of crossed this, but before games, especially, it's kind of all over the place. Whatever gets me in a good kind of mood and keeps positive vibes. But Disney music kind of does the trick for me just because it kind of reminds me of my childhood when I was like super happy and all that sort of stuff. So I really like listening to Disney music before games or rap or any sort of throwback, really. Yeah, I kind of have a playlist of each like genre. So like whatever mood I'm in, I can just go to that playlist. I don't know if you do the same thing or not. Yeah, I'm the same, and I have one playlist that's just a mix of everything, which I use on road trips and stuff, just because yeah. it's all over the place for me sometimes. Definitely. So if there was a movie made about your life, uh, who would you want to play yourself and why? Um, That's kind of a tough question. I feel like if it was possible, 
I feel like I would have myself star in it just because I feel like no one would be able to understand the way I perceive things or the way that I act better than I do. So I feel like I would kind of want to make it like a reality sort of thing. Yeah. And then you could say you starred in a movie, which not many yeah, people get to say. Great. So you can just brag to people about that as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about some of your teammates. So who's the funniest teammate you have um, with Ottawa? Oh my gosh. There's, there's a couple. Um, I think Manny and Britt, when they start doing their dance-offs in the change room before games, that always gets the team cracking. And then um, we have another girl named Lauren McCullough who just cracks jokes 24-7. And it's, it's good because it keeps everybody in such a good mood. Even when we're like down a goal or a few, um, they always just know how to lighten the mood. Yeah, definitely. And uh, who's the best trash talker on the team? Who has best? Who 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 throws out the best uh, chirps during the games? I should say. Oh, it's it's got to be Reggie. Reggie's one of our Frenchies, and she just curses in French, and nobody understands what she's saying, but she's pretty passionate about what she's saying, which makes it the best. Yeah, that, that I, that's the one benefit, I guess, of speaking another language. Is sometimes people can't understand you, so you can just sometimes say whatever you want, and get away with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, you obviously have the best style on the team, but besides yourself, who has the best um, style on the team, whether it's off the ice or on the ice? Um, I think Britt and Lauren McCullough have pretty good style. I know once we decided that we were going to dress business casual, both of them, if not, like half the team was just like, okay, I'm going to go on a shopping spree to Banana Republic, spends like a couple thousand dollars, and then they show up in like different um, outfits every game, and it's just amazing to see. Like, they're always so nice, and I think it's like, for me personally, it's a look good, feel good, play good kind of mentality. So I think they have that as well. Oh, yeah. Did you sport a little bit on outfits or not really? Oh, yeah, I did. I think I spent a couple hundred on Zara coats alone. But um, yeah, I take a lot of pride in dressing business casual just because I like the look good, feel good, play good mentality. Also because it helps me feel more professional, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I wish more college hockey teams would post like the pregame outfits of the players because I think it's awesome as a fan to see it. I don't know if Ottawa 67s does it, but if they're listening to this podcast, they should do it. That's just my recommendation. Yeah, I agree. Also just for outfit and so like sometimes I'm like, oh no, I don't know what to wear. So I'll check some of the university pages or like some of the teams that I play against if they post it and I'll yeah. be like, okay, so I'm going to go with a blackout outfit tomorrow. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, that's another reason for it as well. So that's just my suggestion. Um, they, don't, they can take it or not, but I think it'll be pretty cool. Now, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh my gosh, definitely slow walkers. I can't stand slow walkers, especially in public or at school. It's like, if I'm in a rush and I got somewhere to be, if you're taking your time or just stopping, it's like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, totally. Especially in the hallways right now because of COVID with the arrows and stuff. If you're not walking fast or you're walking the wrong way, it's like, you got to (laughs) move. Or just like pull over and figure yourself out. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't stand right in the middle or, like, if they travel in packs, it's just so hard to get around them. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. The worst is, like, the group of three people that move slowly. That that makes – because there's nothing you can do about it. So, I, I'm i more driving-based. Like, I think bad drivers really ticks me off. Yeah. Uh, just because, like, maybe it's the fight-or-flight thing that you have when you drive, but that just really bothers me, especially here in Mass, because no one knows how to drive and everything. There's so many construction and just traffic. It's just brutal right now. Yeah, it's the same in Ottawa. Like, I know I've just, I got my driver's license a couple months ago, and I've definitely found that it's hard to stay a defensive driver and not get kind of road ragey when there's mm-hmm. drivers on the road because it's like, I don't even know how some of these people have their license at this point. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with you on that. So, but, you know, it is what it is. As long as you stay safe on the road, that's kind of my old thing. But, yeah, no, it's it's bad out there right now. Yeah, exactly. 
Now, final non-hockey question is, what's your favorite thing about the UConn campus? Is it the Dairy Bar? Is it uh, Willington? That's a good pizza place right by campus. Uh, what's, what's your like, favorite part of campus that you've seen so far? Um, I've been to campus a couple of times. I definitely love the Dairy Bar. I also really like just like all the different foods and that sort of stuff, like the town that they have with all the food and everything that they have there. Also, Insomnia Cookies being open as late as it is is kind of clutch, so I really like that too. And also, I think I'm really looking forward to just being able to go and enjoy the sports-like atmosphere for football games or especially basketball games because it's such a big basketball school. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to Gamble is elite. Like, it's awesome to go there. And, yeah, what's your favorite item from the dairy bar? Mine's – I think I like the milkshakes or they call them – they call them milkshakes in Connecticut. I call them fraps, but yeah, I like those a lot. We call them McDonald's stuffed fraps, I think. Or no, the Starbucks things are called fraps. I also call them milkshakes. Um, I haven't been able to go to the dairy bar since I got stuff at the camp, but that's when they brought like the huge tubs of ice cream to some of the yeah. ice cream. But I would definitely probably have to go with milkshakes. Even when I go to ice cream places, I always get a milkshake. It's just easier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's less messy too. So. Yeah, exactly. Now back to some hockey questions now. First one is uh, what, did, what should be done to help grow women's hockey in your opinion as a junior player from your perspective? Um, I think there's a couple things we can do. I think um, having older, more experienced players um, help out with some of the younger girls just so they have people to look up to is one thing that we can do. I know that when I'm older, I want to be able to coach so I can kind of like take my experience and share it with some of the girls. I think also through the media, just getting more coverage or even doing things like what you're doing, I think is really awesome for growing the game, just giving girls the opportunity to like share their stories and that sort of stuff. I find it really inspiring, stuff like that. And just, again, having giving girls role models and people that they can look up to and want to be like one day. Yeah, it's great advice to hear. And I hope, like I said, hopefully this podcast helps out a little bit to help promote because I want to promote not just college hockey players, but players who are going to be in college hockey as well. So hopefully this podcast and other ones um, help do that. And I think that's important to think about as well. I think a lot of people don't consider that. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Now, what advice, I guess, would you give a younger player who's trying to pursue a D1 college hockey team? Um, I think I would give the advice that I got from my current coach and it's just trust the process. Like everyone's timeline is so different. So um, don't, spend your time worrying and like kind of comparing yourself to other people because in the end you're only yourself so I think being able to kind of remember that all the time just so you know you don't get too down on yourself if you see someone committing before you or getting different opportunities than you because in the end it's all going to work out how it's supposed to and just being able to kind of work your hardest and do your best and trying to better yourself well, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give? I always ask this to any of your family members who might be listening, friends, teammates, former teammates, future teammates, maybe um, anyone who's listening. Um, you can feel free to shout them out now, I guess. Um, I think I'd want to thank like the Nepean Girls Hockey Association just for everything they've done for me, along with the Ottawa Association for everything that they're doing for me right now and just like trying to promote me or the program in general, just everything that they're doing for the girls. I find it's just, they're so dedicated and invested in everyone, which is really good to see. I think also just a shout out to like my parents and my family members for helping me, helping support me through all of this, I think is really awesome. Well, uh, do anything you want to plug in, um, any message to the UConn fans that are listening, uh, just final words uh, before the podcast ends. Um, go Huskies. <laughs> nice. That's about it. That's a great way to end the podcast. Well, thank you so much, Emma, for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to myself. I look forward to seeing you play in the future with UConn. I think you're going to do fantastic. Or actually, I know you're going to do fantastic with the team. And 
uh, take care and stay safe and enjoy um, the holidays. Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it and it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care everyone and have a great day. Bye.